A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Simon Cox. Thank you very much. You got the swing version. Now, I'm in Kiev at, in the offices of SE Ranking, um, delightful company I've been working with them. They were showing me the rushes from some videos we've been doing. And this is the kind of video we were making. And the red shirt and the blue background go really well together. So I couldn't resist. Now, we're going to start by looking at your brand, sir, Simon. Oh, we've got Bonjour, Jason, Simon et Ol, uh, a bit of French from Google Adviseur, which is delightful. Thank okay. you. Welcome, everybody. Um, we're going to look at your brand, sir. Now, Simon Cox, the commonest name in the entire universe other than John Smith, and you have a footballer who is... Well, there, were, there were three. There were three footballers. One after the other, and the third one, which is the guy up here, uh, has become the most famous, uh, and most annoyingly, because the other two weren't a problem. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it started in about 2004, 2005, when these footballers, all called Simon Cox, started appearing. But carry on, sorry. Right, yeah, it's a real pity, isn't it? I mean, their, their mothers could have thought, thought of a better name than Simon. Oh, sorry, Simon, I do apologise. Anyway... <laughs> He does rather dominate, um, and if we go on to the next slide, the, the the problem for a name like Simon Cox for personal brand SERPs is that somebody will dominate, but Google's now doing this with a drop-down, and we see there's a football player, there's also a film editor, and Simon Cox's wife, I would assume that's to do with a footballer, but there's also a barrister, and somebody who works at Walker, Walter Cooper and an economist. So theoretically, what we're now looking at with these common names is name of person plus job title. And that's the drop-down menu of the suggestions. And if we go to the next slide at the bottom, and I think this is often underestimated, the related searches, we see the same thing. There's even a Simon Cox at EasyJet. And there's a head teacher. And there's, no, and there's a barrister again and a director. So I see no reason, Simon, why we couldn't see soon there Simon Cox SEO. Well, if you put in Simon Cox SEO, I completely dominate the page. You're a genius. So well, really. Simon Cox SEO knows his SEO and knows how to rank number one for Simon Cox SEO, which is brilliant. But I, I think kind of we've, we've discussed this before, and Dixon Jones had kind of a similar problem with a common name. Hello, hola, Monty Cannell. And uh, a lot of the, the solution is either to dominate your, your, your name or uh, be, I'll become the dominant uh, knowledge panel entity or uh, disambiguate with a middle initial or disambiguate with a job title. Which is your choice, Simon J. Cox? Well, my, no, my middle initial is actually M, uh, but I don't want to use that. I'd rather be Simon Cox SEO. Brilliant. Just in okay. case I change professions in the future, I can change to something else. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that is probably the only problem is that you're then kind of stuck with the profession. I hadn't really thought that one through properly, had I? But a lot of people do that, and it's it's certainly something Google can hook onto. And certainly I think something Google could change its mind about when you do change your job. I think you can quite easily convince Google to well, educate Google as to the fact you've changed your job. But my next one will be Simon Cox retired. That <laughs> Simon Cox on the beach. Yeah, Simon Cox, no internet connection whatsoever. Oh right, is that is that your plan then? When you retire, you won't be no, doing I've, anything I've no on plan. the internet. I have no plan. For, I have no plan for tomorrow. <laughs> in several years' time. 
Right, and, and Anton just put up the idea of Simon SEO Cox, and that sounds much more kind of dynamic, I think. Yes, there is um, something in South Korea. SEO means something in South Korean, and I don't know what it means. I can't remember, but um, isn't it somebody's name? Of that. Yes, I think it is. So, yeah, right, so, I think it may be a name in South Korea. Well, it might work. It might work if I was to penetrate the South Korea market. <laughs> That's your next target. Right, anyway, we're not talking about that today. We're talking about it's okay to be a webmaster. Now, I like the title because the word webmaster is maybe misused. I mean, you're not really saying webmaster, or are you saying webmaster? Well, it's a term that's been knocking around for many years, and at one point it was my job title, but that was last century. Um, so, yes, it is a term which has fallen out of favor many years ago, uh, and people don't like to call it that. But uh, why I want to talk about this is that I think uh, it's that there are a lot of people actually do the job which used to be called webmaster, and it's called something else now. Um, uh, or a lot of people find themselves in a position where maybe they should be doing that type of role. Now, um, it's a Korean surname, excuse me. Anton has go. just put up online, SEO is a Korean surname. I think he must have searched that in Google. Sorry, carry on. So, webmaster is a job title that has, that it used to mean something very specific. What did it used to mean? Well, it used to mean the person that looked after a company's website. So you had a company doing whatever, and their marketing and sales or marketing communications or their PR teams uh, would have somebody that looked after their website. And that was kind of the first, for many companies, the first digital job that was actually in the company. All right. We've got a website. Somebody needs to look after it. And <laughs> or, as quite often happened, they would pay an agency, and then after a while they go, we might as well employ somebody. Um and they get somebody in. And I did that role for, for many years at a rather known, well-known international financial company. Uh, and I've done it uh, for smaller companies when I've, uh, when I've got freelance. And, right. And, and freelance all that time when I was. Uh, oh, there you go. Mon Monty Kano has, has saw, seen a job advert for a webmaster yesterday. Maybe it's coming back in fashion. Because for me, the idea of webmaster is jack of all trades or Jill of all yes. trades for the website. Basically, it's we put one person in charge of the website and they're expected to be able to do everything. That's exactly it. And back in the beginning, you did know everything and you did do everything because that was there wasn't that much. It was a case of a bit of HTML. It wasn't even CSS to start with. A uh, bit of FTP, chucking the files up. Maybe a bit of photo manipulation. Possibly a bit of typing, but normally somebody says normally give you the content, or you'd be shouting at me, "No, give me that!" And you get that content from the subject matter expert, whoever put this uh, 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 press release up. And you go right, fine, bang, up it goes, and you copy paste. But you know what to do to get it up there. But that was the start of looking after what I like to call a digital estate. Ooh, and that sounds like the queen. <laughs> well, yes, in some ways, but on on an estate, you've got all sorts of different bits of you know, bits, different fields, different things going on, etc. Your digital estate these days is huge. At the centre is quite often um, a website. If right. there's a company that hasn't got if it hasn't got a website, and let's say they their digital centre was all on Facebook, well, yesterday it wasn't. So 
everybody should have a digital hub and that should be their website because they've got the most control over that element. And, and, that, and if, if, if I can just yeah. add, that goes beyond companies, it's people as well. And a lot of people don't have Absolutely. their digital estate hub, as you're calling it. Go ahead, sorry. Very true, but I wouldn't call somebody who's got their own site a webmaster as such. They're just oh, yeah, sorry. I was, I was diverging into the idea that everyone yeah, should absolutely. have their digital estate hub. But uh, having said that, if you do have your, uh, yeah, your personal site, you are a webmaster because you're looking after that. You're learning what's Brilliant. going on. But as years have gone on, uh, as webmasters started learning about this stuff, there was more and more and more to learn as things yeah. blew up and just got massive. And it splintered into all these different threads um, to where we are now. And it's going to continue going on as things evolve. Um, and we're very lucky in the digital world that things are evolving all the time. So we can all be nice and talk to each other and say, hey, look, we've discovered <laughs> this. When that closes off, they will all be fighting each other uh, for the jobs and everything. But at the moment, we're all exploring still right. exploring it it's 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 you know finding stuff out it's changing all the time which makes it exciting which is why most of it most of us are in it um or keeps us in it etc of course the money the, but the, it's the it's the passion and getting in there and understanding what's actually happening what's going on and what you can do etc but that digital estate piece um as a webmaster today what you need to know to make sure everything runs smoothly is huge it's yeah but you can't, uh, what I really want to talk about today is you can't know everything because there will be people who, who focus in on bits and pieces and they become more and more specialized and they'll be going off down those routes. So maybe somebody goes and does schema and they specialize in schema. Right. Um, they will become a specialist in that. And we know that in our industry, there's lots of people that focus on certain bits and pieces and they're brilliant. And we all turn to them and say, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, like you with brands, for example, is a very good example. Thank you. Um, but sorry, the, the idea. Sorry, just just to to, yeah, to, to 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 go back through that. Basically, webmaster was a jack of all trades because there wasn't that much to understand, that much to know. Uh, didn't you didn't need to get that very deep? SEO was one of those aspects, and you didn't need to master an incredible array of skills and technologies and content writing and so on and so forth. It was keyword counting and link counting. That was pretty much it. And as things have expanded, we now no longer need webmasters. No, we do more than ever. Ooh, jolly good. Uh, and the reason that is that somebody needs to be in there understanding all of this that's going on. They don't have to know every single bit of it. Like we did back in, in, the, in the day, uh, the original webmasters, you knew everything about HTML, you knew everything possibly about CSS in the beginning and all the other bits and pieces because you have the capacity to do it all. So I'm feeling a bit ill. Yeah. <laughs> it's around. Um, you have the capacity to, to bring it in. But as things expanded and got more complex and more detailed and more of it, you couldn't take it all in. So I got this like 80% rule. If I know 80% of some subject, although where that mark is, I have no idea. If I know yeah. a good amount of some subject, I'm very happy. And I could then uh, focus in on that. Uh, and that extra 20% is the hard bit where people go and specialize. But actually, as a generalist, you need to know a bit of everything. Right. Uh, and especially with your big digital estate, you want to be in the middle there running your website for yourself or your company, et cetera, uh, and understanding what goes on. You want to be the conduit between different teams in your organization so that 
things happen. So when somebody comes to you, bung that on the website, you can say, yeah, but what about social media? Have they got any of this? Have, you know, is there any images going around? And it needs to be all pulled together. And yeah, that's I mean, where the webmasters really can can do a great job. Right. No, I think that's really kind of interesting because it is that I know enough about everything to understand what needs to be done, but I don't necessarily understand how to do it properly. I, I would, I mean, I would imagine you don't really even know, need 80%. If you had like 40% of the knowledge, you would know, I would guess, enough just to know that something needs to be done and hopefully know the person who can actually know that 80, 90, 100% to actually do it. I like to say to percent. I have no idea what the percentage is at all. <laughs> a number sense. completely plucked out of the air, but it, it is. It's completely arbitrary. So, uh, do you feel that generalists, the webmaster in this particular context, are underestimated? That that, that it's a job yeah, title that's been so. lost because people don't think it's important. Uh, yes, it's an old title, and I don't think people. Uh, it's not trendy. It's not a trendy title whatsoever. But as Monty's pointed out, um, she saw a job today with my master in the title. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with companies advertising for somebody that knows a huge amount about stuff, but isn't a specialist in any one particular thing. Because back in the day, if you did that webmaster role, you were a specialist in digital. And I think if you step back and say, well, okay, if somebody's doing that, they're specialists. Yeah, digital specialist, because you're not doing the other stuff. Yeah, so kind of the idea, and that, that does come back to what you were saying earlier on, initially digital in and of itself wasn't so vastly complicated, at least for most of us for running a website. The competition wasn't so much out there. You, you, would, you wouldn't need to know so much, and you're already a specialist. And now digital marketing is so vast and it's so complex and there's so many different opportunities and so much competition that it isn't enough. So uh, one, one thing I would imagine is that as an, as an employer, when I talk to employers, the very few times I do, if you say, I can do this and I can do that and I can do that and I can do this, and you've got three or four different skill sets. For example, in my case, musician, cartoon, blue dog, SEO specialist, <laughs> knowledge panel specialist, brand search specialist, they're going to say, you can't do all of that properly. You can't be an expert in all of those things. Therefore, you are not somebody I'm interested in. But what you can do is be good enough. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I would say, if, if somebody says to that to you, you've got all those disciplines, but you're doing the, what, the sounds I said, 80% or whatever, uh, and somebody said, that's not enough. And they said, well, you really need a specialist. But somebody's not, you know, somebody's doing this, the schema. Have you got enough work for them to just do schemas all day long? Or do you need yeah. somebody to go and talk to PR and get the right size of image out of them? And then resize it and do whatever. So, yeah, I, I think there's a massive role still for journalists. And I think probably a lot of freelancers are more journalists than I like to, to make out. I'm certainly one of those. I call myself a, a technical SEO because I like doing technical SEO and I want people to give me technical SEO work. But what I actually do on a day-to-day -day basis is more of a webmaster role. I Today, I've been uh, stitching pages together in Wix and, and resizing images for use on social media so my wife can put them up later mm -hmm. uh, and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, because I mean, people ask me to fix their printer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then the problem for, for a company uh, who, who says, right, let, let's get somebody in there, an SEO guru in one particular thing, they end up focusing on just that one thing and they end up with a wonky table with one leg very long, incredibly well built, and the other three legs tiny, and the table doesn't stand up, which is my exactly. delightful analogy. <laughs> Sorry? 
Yes, yeah, exactly. And there's, there's that famous cartoon with the, I'm thinking the developer one way you go and talk to the developer and, and there's different ways of looking at the tree swing and branches and the, depending on who asks the developer their bits and pieces, you get a different swing. It doesn't work on any of them. Um, <laughs> quite, a, yeah. quite a funny cartoon. I'll dig it out one day and show you. Um, but yeah. Brilliant. And the, well, sorry. Well, then, then my next question is: If I think a lot of the reasons that people think I need to specialize is because they think if I'm saying I'm a generalist, I'll end up with the small clients, the small businesses, local businesses, uh, and that will pay very little, and that's not very interesting. There is the aspect of it, but it really does depend um, where you're focusing. So, uh, all the big companies will have digital roles, which will be specialist because their their departments will grow. And therefore, they can get more and more specialist people in them. The bigger they get, the more specialist their teams can be. So there will be medium-sized companies who don't have that amount of uh, cash, et cetera, to just spend on huge teams. Uh, they will be looking for more generalist people. And the smaller you get, the more generalist you need to be. Down to the, to the local uh, businesses, out the high street, et cetera. Not the high street, but local businesses who won't know anything about digital. They'll be going, what do I do? I run a shoe shop. <laughs> you know, I've got a, a WordPress site, but I, I bug stuff there and Facebook occasionally. Help. And that's where a, a journalist can go in. Yes, that is the low end. You're not going to get a huge amount of money out of that compared with if you're a specialist focusing on something like e-commerce navigation, faceted navigation specialist, you may be at the prime up there. But, and here's the salient lesson from the past, have you ever heard of liner-type machine operators? No, I haven't. Back in the day, <laughs> um, um, <clears throat> in the day before digital, the way that uh, newspapers were put together was with what's called a linotype machine, which is a hot metal compositing machine. And you had guys or girls sitting there uh, typing away. And they were typing uh, the content they were given, but they were also doing things like adding typefaces and different MM dashes, et cetera, and quotes. And this was all cast into hot metal as they were typing. So you had the machines wow. with hot metal spurting over the big bars of, I've got a picture somewhere, which I could bring up um maybe anton would like to bring up a picture of a linotype operating machine um when uh digital came along uh and i was there right at the beginning with the uh desktop publishing which is a term i have there we go brilliant anton yeah um, well so actually it just sounds to me reading the wikipedia result sounds to me like you'd learn that off by heart <laughs> No, um, there's a reason I know it so well. Uh, and that reason is that these guys and girls were very highly paid because they were banging this stuff out. And the quicker they were, uh, the faster the newspaper would get output overnight. And speed was very, very important. Mm. They're doing this. I was one of the first Mac operators in the UK uh, back in the late 80s. Uh, and consequently, I got jobs in London simply because I could use Quark Express on the Mac. But I realized because I used to do paste up and, and commercial art layout before that. So I knew how difficult it was to mm. you know, try. You had years of, uh, of, of, of learning how much space uh, a typeface with certain leading and, and kerning, et cetera, would, would take. And as soon as you put that on a Mac, you can say, well, that feel, I've got a space this big, done, done. Uh, and I could do something in seconds, which would have taken years to learn otherwise, uh, which I was in the middle of years of learning it. Um, and that basically killed off the linotype uh, operators. 
oh, practically overnight. All the papers went digital. And the guys who got this brilliant skill set have been able to type this stuff out and do all the stuff because it's very, very complex. Um, out of a job. Right. They could not then transfer that job anywhere else. And that is the problem of being ultra specialist. Right. Down the line, you, the bit that you're looking after, and I keep mentioning schema. At some point, Google's going to go, <laughs> we don't need schema anymore. Yeah, in fact, Gary Hirsch has been quoted as saying, uh, right now we need it, but I'm hopeful there will be a day, or I know there will be a day when we won't need it anymore. And as you say, at which point all of those schema markup skills that we've been learning will become redundant and we'll be out of a job. Yep. Yeah, Simon Cox killed linotype operators, and Simon <laughs> Cox is, is now also predicting the end of schema markup experts. Well, it wasn't me predicting it, but you can see if, if you are willing to put the time and effort into schema, you could potentially make a lot of money for the next few years, but please be aware that that is not going to be a job that's going to be around forever because Google will kill it. Okay, there are going to be other uh, uh, search uh, engines which will want to use schema and maybe, of course, up by that point, but overall, yeah, that's going to disappear. And maybe well, I mean, but I kill it off. I suppose in our industry, kind of moving sideways into a different specialization would be relatively simple. I mean, the linotype example is fairly spectacularly difficult because there aren't any, any other implementations for that. No, um, but I suppose we're lucky because uh, most of us kind of delve into everything uh, and we need to. We everybody needs to excuse me needs to be a journalist to a certain extent needs to understand what's going on because it does help what you're doing and even if you're a specialist you need to know that other stuff. Right. Okay. Now the, the really difficult question is obviously a generalist needs to know about like a, a doctor needs to know a little bit about everything but there are some fundamental things that they need to know the foundations. On, only diamonds are forever, says Anton. Uh, <laughs> there are the foundational skill sets, the foundational pieces of knowledge that you need. What would they be? That's so difficult because it really does depend on. It depends, where you says are, Simon what you're Cox. Doing. The first one today, and I was so trying to avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Our industry is just full of people from so many different backgrounds, and they can, which I love. I really do love it. It's people coming from all different backgrounds. There's no set route to get into SEO in, in mm. whatsoever. Um, well, that's great because everybody brings something different to the party. So your background understanding is is going to be different, but. It's all there. We're very lucky at the moment. It's all out there for everybody to learn. There's a lot of rubbish out there that you don't want to learn. So, but there's lots of nice people who will steer you in the right directions, which is good. Right. Well, well, there's a couple of questions there. Then. I mean, you've got technical SEO consultant. Would you consider yourself to be a generalist, but your your mainstay would be technical SEO? Uh, yeah. Right. So <laughs> well, you can be semi-specialized. That that's Yes, but I like doing the technical stuff, so that's what I call myself because then people go, oh, he's technical, I'll give you some work, yeah, <laughs> etc. If I was to call myself an image uh, resizer, an optimizer, then I probably wouldn't get as much work and uh, I'd be bored, to be honest, but I can do that, actually do the image op optimization a lot quicker because I did that for years uh, doing right. desktop publishing and, and art and stuff. I can just bang out and do that uh, without thinking about it, you know, uh, 
sizing an image up, getting where the focal point is, etc. Right. Well, coming back to the point you made before, I mean, Monty has actually made a point, which is lawyers don't know everything. They just know where to look for info. Yeah. Um, this is what a lawyer colleague told me. I mean, I'm a firm believer that you don't need to remember. You can read stuff. You don't need to remember it as long as you remember where you saw it and as long as you're able to look yes. it up, um, which, is, which is great advice. And aren't we so lucky that we happen to be working in an arena where the thing we need to do is look up stuff up? So we're all specialists at looking stuff up yeah. in search. So but, we know how to look stuff up, so that's just great. But, oh, there's two questions then. Number one is, when we look stuff up, do we see when the result is ranking but doesn't deserve it and therefore are able to avoid clicking on it? And the second question is, how do you figure out what the rubbish advice is? <laughs> first one, the first one is, is it the answer you want to read? Right. Uh, so you, you may not avoid it, depending on what you're asking in the first place. You might be asking a stupid question, in which case uh, you're going to get a stupid answer, uh, and then which, which then comes with the second one. It, I think it can be quite difficult to, especially when you're first getting into SEO nowadays, uh, to, you know, I think it's very difficult to avoid the bad information for two reasons. Um, one, there's still people out there making money out of just giving out advice, whether it's good or bad. Mm -hmm. uh, and they, some of those have very large followings. Um, and because they've got large followings, you go, right, well, they've got a large following. They must know what they're talking about. But later on, you'll realize, well, that hasn't worked. <laughs> but also, it depends upon what your it's, uh, circumstances are and what you're doing. So my advice on that is read, but test before you commit <laughs> to anything. Um, but then just get yourself well-read. Uh, just follow good people, understand what they're saying, uh, uh, and, and you'll soon find out if there's somebody says something of, and other people say, that's just rubbish. Um, and there's fairly, there's lots of fairly good examples where you put certain words up and that people absolutely swear by, oh, I did this, and things went up, uh, and you'll get people on, on Twitter going, but that doesn't exist. <laughs> um, no. It doesn't actually happen. Something else has happened. And that's an understanding, and that's that's one of the reasons I like technical SEO uh, as opposed to, to written because I can't write so well. I'm quite technical. Um, you can try stuff out. Right. Bunk something in, see what happens. Then try and work out if it is what you've changed or that something else has happened or Google's changed something or Bing's changed something. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you have to work all that bit out. And that's quite good, doing the diagnostics of, of why things have changed. That's fun. Yeah, and, and really, really frustrating. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Uh, but one thing that did just strike me is that with specialists, they will tend to swear by one thing all the time. For example, somebody who just builds links for a living will tend to say links are what matter. Links is what happens. So as a beginner, you would then listen to that person and think, oh, all, all that matters is links. Or somebody who specializes in schema markup would say, schema markup is all that matters. If you put schema markup on your page, you can write rubbish content, which simply isn't true. Um, and, and that's a danger as well, is if you, if you focus too much on something, you end up becoming this kind of one-trick pony, maybe? Yes. Uh, and that is a problem with, with specialisms, um, that you everything is focused on that because that's what you do. Uh, that may not be the best thing for the clients, which is why you need a generalist in there saying, we need a bit of this and a bit of that and a bit of the other. 
Um, and then you bring those specialists in uh, to work with you and do the really good stuff, but then you can steer them. And you learn a bit more, they learn a bit more as well. Uh, if you've got that scenario, rather than just going and playing a link builder, bump, and then you've got all these shitty links, and excuse my language, um, uh, and it falls to pieces, but you could, if a journalist going there and go, right, I want somebody to build some good links, and I know some good link builders, because I've been following them on Twitter for years, uh, I understand what they do and how they do it, Hmm. Uh, therefore, I'm not going to get bad links. We're going to build stuff up. But then you use uh, links is a really good one because there's something that I don't do, but I kind of help participate in in some ways. I like natural links, but I know people out there are going to create those natural links uh, for money. Um, but I understand by making uh, the content in a way that is good. You will get those links in, but also you can you can then prepare the way for that through social media, etc. By getting that social media out there, which then mm. brings those links in. And depending how you do it, there's many different ways, etc. So yeah, uh, the same with technical SEO, but in a different, completely different way. <laughs> I'm sorry. So you just said the same with technical SEO, but in a completely different way. Yeah, You're yeah, going to have to expand on that. You can't just leave a comment like that floating yeah, in the air. I can because I wish I'd never said it now because <laughs> I lost my thread completely. Uh, oh right, okay. Well, I mean, with 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 something off. like yeah. link building, it's a phenomenally time-consuming task. Whereas, as you say, creating great content serves both the user and your site and the links, presumably, because you're worth linking to. I mean, my cartoon career was based on the fact that we created very, very relevant content and schools, yeah. educational authorities, parents, play schools would all link to it because it was valuable, because it was helpful, because they liked it. And it was all terribly fluffy touchy-feely, hippie, lovely, everybody loving everybody else. And uh, does that exist in the rest of the world? Yes, of course it does. Um, and <laughs> we're doing some... You sound like my teacher. Yes, of course it does. <laughs> Barnard. <laughs> well, you were shoving it up there. So I haven't mentioned the badges yet, and it's been half an hour, and, I'm in, and I haven't even mentioned the badges yet, but uh, we have done something recently uh, with education. We brought a third party in to the Badger site uh, who do educational stuff and we've kind of worked with them. Uh, and that's given us a huge amount of content for the website, which is really, really good. And that's yeah. gonna bring in schools to look at it. Uh, but also that's given uh, us a huge amount of social media content to then go and put out there, which then brings more in as well. Uh, and then we tie that in with all the other political stuff that's going on at the column and what have you. Um, so, yeah, it, again, it's come back to the digital estate and understand how, how everything sort of fits together. Right, and, and you're the webmaster for the Badger Trust. And basically, in terms yeah. of that, can are you allowed to basically explain what it is you do so that we get a better idea of what a webmaster in your mind <laughs> does? Uh well, if you look at the Badger Trust site, you might think they're quite a big organization, and they're not. Um, <laughs> so you, you put the makeup on the badger to make it look really, really impressive. Lipstick on a badger, yeah. Um, <laughs> but this is classic brand building. When we started in their small charity, um, we've upped their profile an enormous amount. Um, they were good in certain areas, but... Uh, Visibility on on um, on search has just gone through the roof over the last two years, which we're so pleased about. Uh, but it's but it's much bigger than that. Um, 
now that people are coming to Badger Trust for, for stuff they never came to uh, for before, uh, so journalists and what have you, uh, where it wasn't really happening before, it was a bit, a bit, uh, bit staid. But as I was just about to say, they've got three staff, that's it. But their main competition in, in the SERPs are Wikipedia. That's a good challenge. Uh, yeah. One or two terms, I've managed to beat them on that, which is great. Uh, the other one is uh, Wildlife Trust, which are huge. Uh, they've got hundreds of people in there uh, and a fantastic right. website, I've got to say. It's brilliant. But so they're the two main bits of competition. Uh, and we're now up there. When we, we took it over, they were, Badger Trust were, uh, you know, page three, four <laughs> for most terms. Right. Uh, and we're, we're up there now fighting uh, for the good terms and everything. And that's, that's down to a whole mixture of stuff. So coming back to your question, what do I do for them? Literally everything. Uh, and that's okay. not just running the website. They come to us and say, right, we need to do this. And the wife and I work on that. And we'll, she'll create the content and, and with me and we'll work together on that and put it together. But then we'll go back to them uh, and approve it and, uh, and what have you. Um, but so for my, my web mastery roles on this, uh, everything I do just to get their content in, et cetera, and up, well done, Anton, I drew that. Uh, really? Sorry, Anton, <laughs> for, for people who are listening and can't see the screen, Anton's ju just put up the Badger Trust logo, and it's a brilliant black and white representation of a badger looking uh, longingly into the sky with little white eyes that look incredibly delightfully, philosophically cute and lovely, and Simon drew it. Well, yeah, I didn't design it. I just redrew it. Because the old ones were not great. Um, so, right. so as an example, one of the things as a journalist I did there was I redrew their whole brand package. So all of their logos, got them all together, redrew them right. so they could be used for web, social, and print as well. Because they didn't have any print versions. It was all just tiny JPEGs. And you put that on print, it all pixelated and horrible. So I redrew the lot in vector graphics, et cetera, and then repurposed it for, uh, for the web. And uh, search and print EPSs and PNGs and, and JPEGs, uh, white reverse out versions, etc. So that's one bit. Um, so we've redone their site. I've redone the typography on the whole site and redone. We've redone the design. We've gone through a whole lot of color work on the site. So we're, it's all now accessible colors. So there's nothing that clashes that was before. At the same time, I'm putting SEO stuff into the whole site. So we've got right. properly structured content, which there wasn't all the pages before. We came along, had H2s as the main heading. It was like, whoa. The first thing hmm. was changing the H1s, and it just that was such a simple win. <laughs> uh, they got lots of good ground. But we've gone through and restyled, changed the font on everything because it was all over the place. Um, and bad choices of font and reflection. Uh, and so that's so, part and parcel of what I do. And, and as a webmaster, you've basically been advising how to rebuild the site on all the aspects, yep. visuals, content, layout, uh, the way the site functions, the delivery, the servers. And as you go along, you bake in the SEO, which is absolutely delightful well, and genius. Not the service, It's so simple. It's, it's genius. <laughs> it's on Wix, so not the service. I've learned a huge amount over the last two years for Wix, right. uh, about Wix, et cetera, and consequently they brought me on as part of their SEO board, um, and I'm still feeding back stuff, stuff in. So working on this site uh, and a couple of others on, on Wix as well, I'm able to feed back and make Wix better. Uh, but that's really just down to the SEO stuff, so when I find things that could work better, I'm back to Wix and saying, 
this is wrong. <laughs> right. So I think this morning it popped up to them. So there's that element of it as well. So whilst I'm doing that uh, and twisting that round, uh, as a generalist, again, uh, on this particular thing, it's not just SEO, although the, the this part for Wix is just SEO, but I'm doing everything else on that as well. Right. And kind of one of the big advantages then of being a generalist is you get an array, a vast array of different things and your day is going to be full of different things, jumping from images to content to technical to sorting out the server. Whereas a specialist, for example, schema markup, which is our example for today, is just writing <laughs> schema markup all day. Yes. Or looking at people's brands. How boring can that get? <laughs> you rotter. <laughs> I know, but I do everything. So, um, whilst, so, yeah, and all the time I'm looking at stuff when I'm building pages and, and doing other bits and pieces, I'm thinking SEO at the back of it as well because nobody else right. will. Uh, so, it's, there's elements as well. But yes, uh, the variety is fantastic. And I know I'm not the best in the world at everything or anything. There's always people out there that are better than me. They're probably half the age I am as well, which is very annoying, but I don't mind. Um, hmm. But the knowledge that's there is just built up over years and everything, and it's just great to be able to, to just pick something up. Somebody says, oh, help with this. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> uh, but, but actually just being able to look at the whole picture and bring it all together and say, these are the bits we need. These are the people we need to help if we need help. And this is the way we can put it together. And this is the priority because I know from experience what's going to be the most problematic. And for that, I think I, I agree with you. That's totally underestimated because the whole picture is phenomenally important, especially for smaller sites. And if you can make the Badger Trust look like uh, a major, major player in the Badger world, as it <laughs> were, then then, then yes. the, the webmaster is a great role. That's one of the beauties of the web is that people don't know how big a company is. Uh, like Mr. Rolf selling his Christmas trees. Eh? One man at a tree, isn't it? Um, but Mr. yes, who, you can sorry? Uh, Mark Rolf, yeah. Never heard of him. Oh, okay. Don't worry. It's the guy that did the billboard. Right. That's another story I've heard no? of. This must be a thing in the UK. Basically, from what I understand, <laughs> it, it, it's a bloke with a tree farm and a website yeah, on his no, own. No, he has got a tree farm. He just sold Christmas trees. He built a Christmas tree site. Let's oh, he's a drop a drop shipping tree seller. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, um, where were we before that? Before I, I don't know. I've forgotten. I was getting I was getting um, interested by the 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 drop shipping tree seller, which was cool. It's very. It's actually a very interesting uh, 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 business model. Uh, it should do well this year, uh, but let's see. Um, I can't remember where we were. Uh, well, I hope you can because I've totally forgotten. If we, if we've forgotten, no, I'll just well. I'll just come back to another question. We were talking yeah, about the variety of the work that you do every day, and that that's really good fun, and that you don't know how big a company is from the website oh, as proven by that's our it, tree yeah. selling guy. Yes, exactly. Uh, and, and that's a great thing. You can build a brand, a persona up uh, of a very small company to compete uh, with the likes of high street companies. I was going to say Amazon, but you can't compete with Amazon. They're just too big, too much. But certainly high street stores, so you uh, as a local producer or something, you can build that, that persona up and that brand up to compete with that. Right. And then from that, you can build on, on further. And you will need a generalist to help you steer that direction. You might need to bring in specialists at some points that way, uh, on that way, certainly. So you may bring in somebody just to do your social media, which is a very good thing to do, except when Facebook falls over. But <laughs> uh, so back to the Badger people, they've got somebody who does uh, social media on a part-time basis, and we only work for them on a part-time basis right. as well. We're not 
not all the time. So, we, yeah, just a few days a month. But, but that's how to do it. So if you're coming into SEO for the first time now and you, or you, you're in a firm, et cetera, that, uh, and you're doing some, uh, some role uh, that's in digital, move around a bit. Mm. Learn all those different bits. Uh, although once it's pointed out, there are now webmaster roles coming back. Uh, there will be roles like that out there for small firms, uh, smaller, well, medium-sized firms probably. Uh, but it's worth popping around and, and trying to get different sorts of roles rather than specializing first so that if you do specialize later on, um, you've got a good grounding across the board. So, yeah, maybe do some PPC. Maybe do some tech. Um you can pick all this stuff up as well. You don't have to do it as a job. You can do it at night. Um, so all my developer work that I did mm. building websites to start with back in the uh, mid-90s, um, I did not actually move into a full-time job uh, doing web mastery stuff until about five years after I started building websites. And that was all right. done in the evenings and uh, what have you when I got home, did it code away. Uh, classic bedroom coder, except we had a spare bedroom. Um, but that's where I learned. Right. And there we had a community in those days and develop, uh, designer developer worlds back in the late 90s, early 2000s, well, late, late 90s, uh, that was very much like the SEO industry is now. It was very sharing, et cetera. That's changed. Developer worlds changed. It's all gone to React and horrible right. stuff. But, but, but coming back to that point, which I think is a great conclusion to this entire conversation, is hop around, do lots of kind of different jobs, which, which corresponds to what uh, Chris Green was saying about agency work as well. Hop around, get some experience. And what you're, he was then saying, then go and specialize. And you're saying you can go and specialize, but there is no shame in sticking to being a generalist, being a webmaster. It is okay to be a webmaster. Thank you so much, Simon. That was absolutely amazing. I'm going to tell everybody about next week, uh, if we can have that up on screen. We have the amazing... If we can have that on screen. <laughs> Meredith, thank you very much. Elisa Meredith, how to use Pinterest for B2B in marketing. She's delightful. Pinterest is something I know absolutely nothing about. So I've got loads of questions for her. Please do join us. I think you'll enjoy it. And Simon, would you like to pass the baton to next week to Elisa? Yes, you should all look forward next week to Elisa coming on. And I hope she'll have <laughs> Jeff with her, who's got a beard that makes mine look like stubble. But she wow. is Mrs. Pinterest. She's brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Okay, so Elisa with the mysterious bearded man who might or might not be there. Hopefully, you'll all <laughs> join us next week. Thank you so much, Simon. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, everybody. See you soon. That was great.